0: What's up, guys? Max here with another episode of The Scuttlebutt Show. I'm not sure if you can hear it. There are jets flying over my head right now, and I love that sound. If the weather is nice enough, I'm going to go shoot some video of the jets as they fly literally right over the top of my house. And I'll be posting that up to the Patreon page. So what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Scuttlebutt Show. Happy Monday, wherever you are in the United States, and happy Tuesday out here in Okinawa, Japan. Thank you for bearing with me this week. as There's been some schedule changes, and it looks like there's going to be some more. Um, Stay tuned for that on Instagram, Discord, Facebook, all the places that you can get the uh, show information. Now, yesterday was a pretty fun episode I've been thinking about starting a new kind of segment on this show called About Yesterday because I always seem to have some leftover thoughts about the things we talked about from the day before. So maybe I'll start that today. To give you a quick heads up about what we're going to be talking about today, we've got more news out of the Capitol, um, which keeps growing uh, in, in, in the sense of we're finding out more and more about military involvement and now Um, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on about veterans and active duty people being involved. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's going on with an army officer who made a a TikTok. He's probably going to regret. We're going to talk about the Navy in a couple different ways. In one sense, we're going to talk about some Navy history and legacy and unfortunately something sad. And then we're going to talk about, uh, the Navy is starting its own college. And I'm going to talk all about that in my Navy college experience. Uh, what's up everybody in the chat. What's up, uh, Cadet, uh, how's it going? Nice to see you in the chat, Scotty. What's up, Justin? What's up? How's everybody doing? Um, thanks for joining us today. Let's uh, let's let's without any further ado, I want to talk about kind of what we talked about yesterday, which was um, the letter from the uh, from from the anonymous person scathing report on what's going on with Navy SEALs. Um, I had some time to sit on that. I listened to it in the car this morning when I was driving around. My whole clip, which is up on YouTube now, if you just want to go find the clip and so this is my about yesterday so about yesterday we talked about that navy seal clip i am so glad that people tell their stories after their service is over for the for the whole history of mankind people have been telling stories of war and battle and military service not just in in the united states and not just in in the american military and not just modern times but going dating back all the way to spartans and you name it, every civilization talking about their battles and their combat and their warrior legacy. I am so glad that we are able to support people doing that. I hope that never stops. Um, It's critical, critical. People learn so much from it. And the idea is that people sharing these stories uh, will hopefully, at least for some of us, prevent us from making the same mistakes again, from learning from our history. Okay. So all that stuff about NSW, you know, people profiting off telling stories and writing books and all this stuff, as long as it's done in a smart way, as long as it's not disclosing SOPs, not in any violation of NDAs and classified information, I am so glad that it's something that we have and something that we do. And I think it's something that we should cherish and uh, never be critical of. So I just wanted to add that to yesterday's story. Now we do have, like I said, some stories today, um, which are going to be pretty interesting. And I want to get right into it because out of the Capitol, we've uh, we've got the craziness from the from the events in washington dc last week and we've got a lot of a lot more information coming about that every day and i'm just going to keep talking about it because it's interesting for one and it's very very military related because uh we're finding more and more about veterans involvement in these uh in these events and i want to kind of cover some of the stuff i read today so senator duckworth uh tammy duckworth demands the pentagon prosecute vets and troops who participated in Capitol riots It turns out there were active duty service members who were leading some of these groups. So upholding good order and discipline demands that the U.S. armed forces root out extremists. And we've seen and we've reported on the show plenty of examples of extremism in the military. It definitely exists. It's definitely a thing. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. And there's plenty of information you can find out online about it. We've talked about it on the show. Senator Tammy Duckworth from Illinois is calling on acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller to investigate active duty and retired service members who we're going to talk about in the next uh, uh, article. So... Active duty and retired service members who stormed the U.S. Capitol building last week and hold them accountable under the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Duckworth, a retired Army lieutenant colonel, we've talked about her on the show before, wrote a letter to Miller that service members and veterans who joined in on the riot Betrayed their oaths by participating in a sedacious conspiracy that used force to oppose the authority of the United States sought to prevent or hinder the execution of the electoral count act and unlawfully seized property of the United States. There's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo, a lot of jargon in there about the actual crimes that they're being charged with. Um, Interestingly, Uh, It should be common sense, but it's obviously not because common sense is not that common that if you're active duty military, it's probably not a good idea to go to too many protests or riots, no matter what the cause we saw that earlier this year with everything that was going on, black lives matter protests, uh, you name it, protest, anything, occupy wall street, whatever the protest is, we always in the military get these recommendations and these notices sent out, do not go to these things. So it should be no secret. Uh, For the sake of good order and discipline, she wrote, those service members must be investigated and punished if found guilty. Upholding good order and discipline demands that the U.S. Armed Forces root out extremists that infiltrate the military and threaten our national security. Duckworth's letter comes the same day the Army announced it was investigating a special operations officer. We're going to talk about her more. Captain Emily Rainey, who reportedly led 100 North Carolinians to Washington, D.C. last week to attend protests. One day prior, retired Air Force Lieutenant, crazy, retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Larry Rendell Brock was arrested by the FBI on charges of violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, along with entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority. Brock was among a number of pro-Trump rioters who stormed the Capitol building last week in an effort to disrupt the county of electoral college votes to validate President-elect Biden's victory over Trump in the November election. Now, Miller is faced with a choice to make sure any other veterans and service members who participated be brought to justice. And we'll see what he does. So a fellow veteran Congress, Representative Ruben Gallego, seemed to join Duckworth's call by tweeting a response to New Yorker reporter Ronan Farrow, famous Ronan Farrow, confirming Brock's identity as an Air Force veteran. You know, as an officer, we can bring you back into the service to charge you, the Marine veteran said about Brock. Ha, 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 ha. Love being in the Armed Services Committee. You know, it's interesting because as a retired officer, you can always be recalled to duty. Um, or as a GS, interesting. Um, as as a as a uh, retired air a military officer, you can always be recalled to active duty, and you can always be recalled to face crimes that you've committed as well. It's a very interesting um, part of being an officer. There's all these different legalities that go along with that. A military legal expert said it's unclear whether service members could be reprimanded for merely showing up to the rally. However, he warned that all rally goers need to be prepared for adverse action, regardless of their level of participation. I expect given the publicity of the events, there will be consequences for many of the participants, even absent clear proof of a criminal act. If you guys remember, I talked about this earlier this year. I consider if you go to an event like this and it turns out that it's something like that and you stay regardless of your level of commitment or, 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 uh, your level of participation, you are part of it. You are you are guilty by association, so to speak, because that giant gathering of people is what makes it possible for this kind of chaos to erupt and the officials to not get these things under control. So if you were just there and you're like, oh, I was just there. You were there. You're part of it. You're part of the chaos that's going on 100%. If you don't agree with what's going on, you should leave. Your assembly turns into a Deadly riot, pretty quickly, and then if you choose to stay, you're now part of the riot, not part of the protest anymore. A military, and uh, that's my opinion. A military legal expert said, "Okay, sorry, I re- already read that." Um, so there will probably be uh, there will probably be some people getting um, uh, faced with some charges. I would imagine uh, because of the publicity and national attention that this thing has garnered. Already, you can see that there have been. Arrests made around the country of the high-profile figures who participated in this act, and uh, there looks like there's no sign of that stopping anytime soon. And I hope that they find the people who killed that police officer. That is uh, absolutely despicable to me, and I'm looking forward to uh, to um, reporting when those arrests are made. Justin in the chat says, "What was the female captain, the one who works for psyops?" I'm going to talk all about that here in a minute. Rachel, what's up? Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to the chat. So I'm going to talk all about that female army captain uh, here in a minute. So it's literally the next thing that we're going to talk about. So let's, uh, let's go over here and check out army investigating special operations officer for leading pro-Trump group to DC ahead of Capitol riot. And we're going to get to this right now. So, um, this is kind of crazy. This is, a. Uh, if you're, if you're out there and you think that the military or member, I should say, what I should say is members of the military did not participate in this kind of act. You would be wrong to think so. So we're going to cover that and like what's going on with this. So I'm going to get to that right now. Um, as always, thank you everybody for being here and listening. Um, Uh, this is a very exciting week so far. And, uh, I'm going to be giving you guys an update on the schedule. And if you want to stick around to the end of the episode, we're going to do something a little fun after I'm done covering the news. And after the normal episode is over, I'm going to be recording a little snippet for the uh, YouTube channel, just a little talking to the camera thing. So if you guys want to stick around for that, feel free to, um, I will broadcast it. So what we have here is The Army is investigating a special operations officer over her involvement in leading a group of people to a pro-Trump rally last week that resulted in a violent takeover of the Capitol building. Captain Emily Rainey, 30 years old, reportedly led 100 people from the Moore County Citizens for Freedom, a nonpartisan network of Moore County citizens dedicated to the promotion of conservative values in Moore County, North Carolina, according to its Facebook page, to the rally held in support of uh, Donald Trump. Rainey told the AP her group did not break the law and she was a private citizen and doing everything right and within my rights. Um, You know, when you take the uniform off, you are entitled to act as a private citizen, but you're always in the military. If you're in the military, you're a a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, 24-7. Like if you go out and get a, for example, if you go out and get a DUI in the military, they call it the double dipping, right? You get in trouble in the civilian world and you get in trouble in the military. Same thing here. You aren't, you're not wearing your uniform when you get that DUI. You're wearing civilian clothes. You're coming back from the club. You had a great time turned down for what played twice that night, and you're driving home from the club, and you get a DUI. Guess what? You get in trouble because you got arrested. You pay the fines to the court. You lose your license, and you get busted by the UCMJ, bust down in rank, restriction, lose your security clearance, whatever it is. This is how it works. This is not a secret. This should not come as a surprise to anybody, including Captain Rainey or Lieutenant Rainey. What is it? Hang on, hang on. Captain Rainey, yeah, 03. So she should certainly not be surprised about what happened here. And what we'll see in a second is she had even more of a reason to not be surprised that her actions have consequences. And we'll get to that in a second. So Rainey told the AP her group did not break the law and she was a private citizen doing everything right and within my rights. She also said she didn't know of anyone who entered the Capitol and that they were headed back to their buses hours before an emergency curfew took effect in DC. But the curfew was issued hours after the Capitol building had already been broken into. The Wednesday rally quickly devolved into chaos with a mob of Trump supporters storming the Capitol building, resulting in a death of at least five people. That includes the officer who was killed that we talked about yesterday. And I have heard that another police officer has committed suicide, so that's heartbreaking as well. Army spokesman Major Daniel Lessard told Task and Purpose that Rainey was being investigated and that they are working to determine the facts about her involvement in the events last week. Rainey is a PSYOPs, or Psychological Operations Officer, assigned to 4th Psychological Operations Group at Fort Bragg, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, famously home of the Green Berets. The group, one of two active duty psychological operations groups under the first special forces command airborne is tasked with disseminating propaganda and using deception to influence emotions and create confusion in adversaries. So I guess the only thing I'll add about what PSYOPs is without going too far into it, because it's a relatively sensitive program is one of the common things that they'll do is they'll, you know, do pamphlet drops. So, you know, leaflet drops, distributing information about what's going on in the region to local citizens to uh, make them aware of why the U.S. is involved in what's going on, who the enemy is, what they should be concerned about, how they can help, things like that. Uh, For an example of a psyops mission. For those who've never heard of that. CBS News reported on Monday that Rainey previously resigned her commission after receiving a... So here we go. This is previous... After receiving a career-ending letter of reprimand for her actions at an earlier protest in the Fort Bragg area, she was still on active duty at the time of her involvement in last week's rally. So her career in the Army was effectively over because of similar actions, but she decided that she wasn't done and she wasn't going to wait until she was officially you know, out of the military or discharge complete because she was still on active duty at the time of the D.C. Uh, event. Lessard said that Rainey originally submitted her resignation paperwork in September last year, but had to resubmit in October. And now this article, is, it's only January uh, 12th out here in Okinawa. So when they say last year, they mean like two weeks ago. Lessard said that Rainey originally submitted her resignation paperwork in September last year, but had to resubmit in October after paperwork issues. He said her pending separation date from the Army is in April. So we'll see if that gets bumped up because uh, she's obviously going to be in some hot water now with this breaking all of her national news. An Army official told Task and Purpose that if evidence was received showing other Fort Bragg soldiers had participated in things that were unlawful or against Army regulations, more investigations would be open, but there is no evidence of that at this time. Although I have seen also that there are many investigations underway into the military's involvement or military members' involvement. I want to be totally clear. I want to reiterate for clarity, not the military's involvement. The the involvement of people who were also members of the military acting individually, but they are members in the military. Rainey found herself in the spotlight in May 2020 after she was charged with injury to personal property after tearing down caution tape at a playground that was closed under novel coronavirus restrictions. (sighs) Jeez. According to the pilot and newspaper in Southern Pines, North Carolina, Rainey filmed herself removing the caution tape saying, Everyone here, all you freedom fighters, this is for you. Rainy was also banned from parks in Southern pines as a result of the incident. Interestingly, I don't know how long you guys have been following me, but if you've been following me for a while, you might've seen me on Instagram just pining over this playground that was recently opened in the yard outside where we live. I wanted to play on that playground so bad. They had such fun looking slides and tunnels and it it was so, it looks so fun. Japanese playgrounds are over the top. Like they're amazing. And it was closed for COVID and I just dealt with it because I'm an adult I'm an adult. I'll get to play on a playground like a regular adult when the time is right. I don't have to get to that playground any faster than is, you know, safe and correct and, you know, best for all the other adults who want to play on the swings. So there's that. So she should have just been a regular adult and waited to play on a playground like everybody else. Rainey told the AP that she was on leave last week after she told her bosses ahead of time she would attend the rally. We are confident justice will will prevail proving our innocence, she says. She's obviously outspoken. She's spoken to the news before. She's had opinions on this stuff. She is probably anti-COVID. She's probably, you know, on board with every little um, uh, thing you could think of, probably QAnon, probably the whole deal. Um, I'm, you know, speculating here, but I'm just, I'm just going off of uh, how it sounds, you know, anti-mask, governments taking over with the masks, all this stuff. Um, I know people feel strongly about this, but, uh, you know, is it, is it, if for one, is it, in, is it moving your, the ball any further forward for you down the field as to what you believe is right? And then two, are, is it worth throwing your life away, which is what she did. Army officials said Monday the FBI had opened 25 domestic terrorism cases in the wake of the Capitol Hill riots. While media outlets have reported that service members participated in a January 6th pro-Trump rally, it remains unclear whether they were among the 25 people who were being investigated by the FBI. Um, I kind of have heard that... Um, Maybe it, maybe there are more military involved. Um, we'll see, but I, I've kind of heard the rumblings on some of the news and Reddit sites that I follow, um, to get these stories that it looks like that might be the end up being the case. So, Another, uh, so another crazy story, and I've got more information here about her. So the Army's investigating the Fort Bragg soldier, Emily Rainey, and I guess what I'll do is I'll I'll, uh, pull this back up for you guys so you can see who this is. So this is Emily Rainey. Uh, She has been on the news before. This image was taken from video provided by WRAL-TV. Captain Rainey speaks during an interview with WRAL in Southern Pines, North Carolina on May 2020 after her playground incident, where I'm sure she got tons of support and vitriol sent her way over... uh, over that. So, um, yeah, so this just goes on to say, uh, a little bit more information about what her, uh, her involvement was in the the last incident, but I I think it's safe to say, uh, she's not going to fare too well ultimately, um, um, (laughs) uh, in the coming months towards her, uh, departure from the army in regards to these kind of, um, investigations that are going on. So, uh, I have another cool story here. Hey, I don't know everybody who's in the chat. I see a few of you out there, and I thank you. But if you haven't already had a chance to subscribe, uh, share this video, invite your friends to the live show. We have guests coming up. We have cool events. Um, I'm going to be posting videos soon. Over on the Patreon, I'm going to be posting behind-the-scenes content uh, coming very soon. We have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, so I hope you guys are able to find me everywhere that I am as far as uh, Facebook, Instagram uh, here on YouTube and Patreon and discord. If you guys had a chance to check out those links in the bio, that would be great. So Scotty says she will make plenty of money off her book later in life. That would be interesting. Downtown says, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? Downtown maze. Welcome to the, uh, to the chat here. Um, you're just in time for this next story, which could save your life. So let's talk about how the FBI warns of plans for nationwide armed protests next week. Uh, If you guys hadn't heard about this somewhere else, I thought I would share it with you now. It's from militarytimes.com. I guess it's something that we should know about because it sounds like people nationwide didn't take January 6th seriously enough. There was not enough people there to protect the Capitol police and people ended up getting killed. So let's see if we can do better this time. So the FBI is warning of plans for armed protests at all 50 state capitals and in Washington and days leading up to president-elect Joe Biden's inauguration, stoking fears of more bloodshed last week's deadly siege at the U S Capitol An internal FBI bulletin warned that as of Sunday, the nationwide protests may start later this week and extend through Joe Biden's 20th, January 20th inauguration. According to two law enforcement officials who read details of the memo at the, to the AP, the Associated Press, investigators believe some of the people are members of some extremist groups. Wow. Well, I mean, of course, I guess armed protests are being planned at all 50 state capitals. Armed protests. Not that it's illegal to necessarily uh, be armed, but they are they are you know distinguishing these as potentially dangerous by saying armed protests are being planned at all 50 state capitals from January 16th through at least January 20th and at the U.S. Capitol from January 17th to January 20th, the bulletin said, the officials were not authorized to speak publicly and spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity. So this must be um, ongoing intelligence gathering or they've just intercepted some online chatter from, you know, uh, forums and and, uh, chat rooms, stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I assume that somehow these popped up on their radar and they probably don't have enough to Um, go public with this, but this is some internal report. The FBI issued at least one other bulletin. They go out to law enforcement nationwide on the topic before the riots last week on December 29th. They warned of the potential for armed demonstrators targeting legislatures. Army General Daniel Hawkinson of the National Guard Bureau, who I believe was just interviewed on CNN, told reporters Monday the Guard is also looking at any issues uh, across the country. So the National Guard could be looking at getting activated in all the individual states. Could you actually seriously picture these happening in, like, Alaska and Hawaii, like, is there going to be uh, an armed protest at the state capitol in Alaska? Is, does that sound realistic to you guys? Or in Hawaii, which I don't even know where what their uh, state capital is, where the state capital is in Hawaii, um, or in Alaska, frankly, I guess, in the capital. Um, uh, I don't even remember. What, what is the capital of Hawaii? Somebody tell me in the chat. I forgot. Um, is this going to happen in South Dakota? Is this going to happen in Vermont. You know what I mean? The likelihood of there being armed protests at all 50 state capitals sounds pretty unlikely to me. Let me know what you guys think in the comments, um, if you guys disagree with that, but the likelihood of it happening in a few places, I think that that's probably possible. Juneau, Juneau, Alaska. Uh, but what's the capital of Hawaii? I kind of forget what the capital of Hawaii is. Um, the riots followed, Weeks of online calls for violence in Washington in the warning in the waning days of Donald Trump's presidency, a tweet in which Trump promised last Wednesday's event will be wild-fueled, a month-long frenzy of incitements, strategizing, and embrace of violence against lawmakers. Rudy Giuliani saying um, this needs to be a trial by combat, and that was totally out of control and inappropriate. No matter how all this plays out, it's only the beginning. Posted a user on the Donald message board. No matter how this all plays out, it's only the beginning. I guess that's the biggest fear of all of this, right? So the biggest fear here. Is that no matter what happens, the supporters of President Trump are going to continue with their efforts to be chaotic, anarch, uh, anarchist, long past the uh, next president, and potentially this isn't like what what it seems like is this isn't even a Democrat Republican thing. This is a Democrat Democrat Republican and Trump thing. Um, as it's been reported, the president and the vice president have had some serious issues since Donald Trump saying that the, you know, Mike Pence is better do his job or else. And then people going, well, I'm paraphrasing. And then people going in there saying they're going to hang Mike Pence and all this stuff. There's been a, there seems to have been a fracture in the parties here, um, wh- where there's a lot of people who are really upset at politics, which is nothing new, but now they seem to have found a, uh, a, a, a unifying source of, of. Attention! somewhere to give their attention. Um, You know, it could have been a libertarian party. I guess you you guys could have had uh, the libertarian party, but instead, or the green party, but instead we've got Trump. Um, And so I guess that's where, that's what it looks like it's going to be. That's what people are saying is that this is just the, things will never be the same after this. There's going to be like that third party, that extreme party. Um, Maybe that'll be the case. We'll see. Only time will tell. Uh, Cadet says, I don't think they can get the numbers, uh, to protest do you mean I, I basically agree. Um I think so. Cadet says Honolulu is the capital of Hawaii. Thank you for that. Downtown May says it's gonna be the same like last summer's riots. Last summer's riots, but it'll be like the reverse basically, right? Um <clears throat> it'll be like the people organizing will be the the you know the so called right side. I hate using like the right and the left. It's so broad. It's so Generalized, but I guess it'll be like the right side organizing, and maybe the left side goes to counter protest. It'll be the same but reverse, which is what I always say: Democrats and Republicans are they're the same but reverse. Um, Justin says, I hope they don't try to enact the uh, Turner Diaries and start recreating Timothy McVeigh. Uh, I'm not sure about the this. I say Turner tumor, tumor um, or Turner. My my darn old eyesight. Uh, I'll. Give me some more. Inf- hit me up with some more info on that, Justin. Throw me a, D- a DM on uh, w- w- some links to that so I can look that up. Um, Cadet says all the capitals I mean, and I don't think they can be very organized either. Well, uh, what I'll say is there was some organization demonstrated last week. Obviously, there was enough people who got to the same place at the same time to cause some serious uh, damage. And I don't think that there's enough people per state to do a 50 state organized event, but people are more organized than you think. Um, people, people are very well organized online. It's quite easy. There's all these different forums where people can organize quite easily. Forget, I'm not even talking about this stuff recently with Facebook and people getting banned and stuff like that. I'm not even talking about that. There's endless, endless sources where people can go online and get organized. I've recently gotten on signal. It seems like everyone's getting on signal now because it's not involved with, uh, any of the other big companies. It, I think it was Fa- signal was started by somebody who came from Facebook um, who said that they don't like WhatsApp being a, a source that's tied to Facebook? So they wanted to create their own thing. So now we have Signal and everyone's popping up on Signal. I mean, it's endless. I feel bad for the people who have to find the chat rooms and then find the chatters and all this stuff. That's got to be a difficult job. Scotty says this is the issue with the party two party system. You are only represented as red or blue. Most people do not subscribe 100% to one or the other. I agree, Scotty, 100%. I, I agree with you. I don't like the two party system for that exact reason. Um, I that's why I don't say that I'm Republican or Democrat because I don't want to have all of my viewpoints expressed from this one party or the other. But the only but then if I really, you know, sit and think about it, the, I think the benefit of the two-party system is that there is some continuity. Um there is some consistency instead of just chaos and the system keeps moving. It, you know, the system works, I guess. Um and people can basically get along on the two-party system. Um and we'll see what the future of that looks like. And I think that the right outlier, the right outsider coming in could make a huge impact. Um, but you know, we'll see, I guess. Uh most people are in the middle. I agree. And uh Jacqueline says, Congrats on seven thirty-eight. Thank you very much. Uh in my YouTube studio it says seven forty, so that's even more exciting. We're on the road to one thousand. The goal is one thousand. Like I said, if we get to nine seventy-five, I'm gonna go live and we're gonna bomb the internet until uh uh, we get to 1,000. That's going to be the idea. So we're just going to share the video and get to 1,000, have a big celebration. I'll be drinking some, uh, maybe I'll be drinking some Japanese beverages, some Japanese alcoholic beverages to celebrate. So we've got some non-political uh, topics to talk about today. We do have some regular scuttlebutt stuff. We spent about half the show on uh, the Capitol. And, and I'll, you know, if, there, if there's continuing to be News out of the military, out of the Capitol. I'll continue talking about it. But um you'll be Jack says you'll be at one mil by the end of 2021. That would be insane. Hey, I can we can do it, but it's gonna take all of us together, sharing a video, telling people about the show, getting people to like the content. Maybe you guys tell me what you like and don't like about the show and what you'd like to see more and less of. And I, I you know, and I'm gonna try to make the show as great as I can for you guys. Um so you know, I've been covering this story. Um, it's been something that's been important to me since, gosh, I don't even remember the mid two thousands, maybe 2007, 2008, when the, when the talk around the shop, when the scuttlebutt first started about a guy, a soldier, an American hero who deserved the medal of honor, but didn't get it a story of a man who made the ultimate sacrifice in horrible conditions to save others in combat in Iraq and, it seems like just as we gain ground, you know, in the, in the fight for his award of the Medal of Honor, which, you, you know, which so many people believe he deserves, including his family and his battle buddies and his generals and to Congress and the Senate, um, it seems like one thing after another is, is standing in the way of this ever happening. But let me get to it right here. White House postpones, postpones Medal of Honor for Alwyn Cash. Alwin Cash, we've covered his name a lot on this show until after the inauguration. His family, his family's waited 15 years and they've got to wait a little longer. So I'm just going to leave his face up here for a minute. So if you guys don't know the story of Alwin Cash, I've got a video on the channel. Just do a channel search for Alwin Cash and check out what he did in Iraq that I believe has warranted him the Medal of Honor. But uh, it seems like one thing or another keeps happening to prevent it. And my biggest fear now is that as the power changes hands in the white house this will get shuffled back into a sea of paperwork and never happen and i really hope that that's not what happens it just it's down to the president signing off on it that's how far we've gotten so it's been over 15 years since army sergeant first class Alwyn cash walked through fire to god even just saying it just makes the hair on my arm stand up walked through fire to save his soldiers in iraq burning his body in the process and ultimately sacrificing his life for theirs But for those who are fighting to see Cash posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor, the wait isn't over quite yet. The White House team coordinating on the official announcement for the Medal of Honor determined on Friday that a potential ceremony wouldn't come until after the inauguration on January 20th. Two defense officials confirmed the task and purpose. Cassano Cash is Cash White. Cash's older sister told Task and Purpose that while she hadn't heard anything official from the Trump White House, it has been indi- indicated to her that things have been postponed until after the inauguration. The White House did not provide a comment. The delay comes days after supporters of President Donald Trump gathered in Washington, D.C. and stormed the U.S. Capitol, an event which left at least five dead, including a member of the U.S. Capitol Police Force who was a National Guard veteran. So obviously we've been covering that. While no plans about a ceremony have been solidified, a defense official told task and purpose last week before the riots at the Capitol that an announcement from the White House about the Medal of Honor ceremony was expected to come on Friday. One of the defense officials on Friday said the White House team did not provide any reasoning for why the potential ceremony was being delayed. The fight to get Cassius Silver Star, which is what he was originally awarded, upgraded to the Medal of Honor has been a years-long effort. One his supporters saw as finally nearing the finish line after Trump signed a waiver in December dismissing a requirement the Medal be approved within five years of Cash's heroic actions. That's obviously been waived many times. It was not a big deal to get waived this time. Heroic is exactly what Cash's actions were while conducting a route clearance operation. So we'll talk about it a little bit here, but I do recommend you go watch that video on my channel. While conducting a route clearing operation in Iraq on October 17, 2005, Cash's Bradley fighting vehicle hit an improvised explosive device, which ignited the fuel cell on the vehicle, causing fuel to spew everywhere. Cash, who wasn't seriously injured in the blast, became drenched in fuel. Despite that, and despite the vehicle quickly becoming engulfed in flames, Cash helped evacuate the six soldiers who were still stuck inside. Without regard for his personal safety, Sergeant First Class Cash rushed to the back of the vehicle, reaching into the hot flames, and started pulling out his soldiers. The flames gripped his fuel-soaked uniform. Flames quickly spread all over his body, reads the citation for his Silver Star. Despite the terrible pain, Sergeant First Class Cash placed the injured soldier on the ground and returned to the burning vehicle to retrieve another burning soldier, all while he was still on fire. He went back to the burning vehicle three times to retrieve his soldiers. Ultimately, 10 soldiers were injured and the squad's translator had been killed. Cash's injuries were the worst, the citation says. He sustained second and third degree burns on 72% of his body. Despite those injuries, Cash refused to be loaded onto a medical evacuation helicopter until all the other wounded men had been flown. Cash died weeks later in November 2005 in a military hospital in San Antonio, Texas. His sister recalled at the times that she stayed at her brother's bedside while he was in the hospital and the first thing he asked when he was able to speak was, how are my boys? He then broke down in tears saying he couldn't get to them fast enough. White told Cash uh, told Tasking Purpose on Friday that she hopes the next administration moves quickly to finalize the Medal of Honor for her brother. And I agree. I hope they do too. I hope they do too. Um, absolutely horrible. Um, that they can't make this happen. Like, I'd really like to see this happen. We started reporting it on it earlier this in, or later 2020, as soon as the grumbling started, they might be making moves on it. Um, I just, I just hope that we see that happen. And uh, if they do have a ceremony, I'll try to live stream it here on the program program. And uh, we'll talk about it while it's going on. So Jack, uh, Kate Cadet says, I'll spam my friends until they sub. Thank you very much. Do that. Get them on here. Get your friends on here. Um, you know, <clears throat> God, time's flying. It always does. So there is a. I, I do love to cover female heroes on the Skettlebutt Show. I do, um, and luckily I'll get to cover one today. We had a question last week when we were talking about female and special females and special forces, about women joining the SEALs, about the female Green Beret. The question was, uh, or I guess the 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 thing we were talking about was women are already serving special forces. Women are already serving on the front lines. Their MOS or their NEC is not combat, but they are out there. And one of the main ways that they're out there are in the form of cultural engagement teams or female support teams, or they, you know, they have a female engagement teams. They have a variety of names. They go by a variety of names, but they serve the same mission to put women on the front lines with special operations to accomplish tasks that men can't do. One of those women We're going to cover today because there's going to be a movie made called based on uh, the writings of Ashley's war and the story of the women of special operations is coming to the big screen. So what we're looking at here is Lieutenant Ashley White Stumpf, a member of Specialized CST2, who was killed in Afghanistan in October 2011. Let's just leave her face up there for a moment. In August 2011, Lieutenant Ashley White Stumpf joined an entirely female army cultural support team or CST that would soon deploy to Afghanistan into combat alongside various elite elements of the military special operations command. As a member of the specialized CST2, White's job, highly confidential and done during an era when women were barred from combat arms professions. That's what I was saying. This is not a combat job. It's not a combat MOS, but if women find themselves downrange in combat, guess what? the inherent rights, self-defense, the ROEs, engage the enemy. That's what they do. Happens all the time. Her mission was to imp- build and improve relationships with Afghan civilians, and especially an especially pertinent role due to cultural limitations placed on Afghan women that prevented them from speaking with men who were not family members. Limitations like that include not speaking with, not being viewed by, not being searched by, uh, not being able to come outside, but women had had more freedom of movement dealing with women downrange. But going on the same missions as Green Berets, Army Rangers, and Navy SEALs meant the women of CST-2, while not under the umbrella of combat arms, were encountering the same type of intense risks as their male counterparts. On October 22nd, 2011, while conducting a patrol of a compound in Afghanistan's Kandahar province, an Army Ranger, accompanied by White and other members of CST-2, stepped on an IED that triggered a daisy chain of IEDs. It's basically... One ID detonates and a bunch of others go off. They could, you call those secondaries. There could be a bunch of HME, homemade explosives lying around that go off as a result of the first one going off. I'm not sure exactly if they were tied in together as a daisy chain or if just one triggered another from the blast sitting on pressure plates. There's a variety of things that could happen there. Ashley White died in the blast, the first member of CST-2 to be killed in combat. The Ohio native, only 24 years old at the time, would be posthumously awarded the Bronze Star. In 2015, best selling author Gail Zemek Lemon brought Ashley's story to life in Ashley's War, the untold story of a team of women soldiers on the Special Ops battlefield. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll check that out, that book. Now, more than five years later, that story is in development for a big screen adaptation courtesy of a production team that includes Oscar winner Reese Witherspoon, director Leslie Linka Gladder from Homeland, screenwriter Molly Smith Melzer, who wrote Shameless, Great Show, and Orange and New Black, two great shows, and producer Bruna Papandrea, Gone Girl. Lemon, whose upcoming book, The Daughters of Kobani, A Story of Rebellion, Courage, and Justice, documents an all-female Kurdish militia that battled ISIS in Syria. Hell yeah. Spoke with Military Times about the process of writing Ashley's War, the role of CSTs, and shattering previously held stigmas of women in combat. I think uh, it's beyond time to shatter the stigma of women in combat and pretend like it's not happening. I'm kind of tired of pretending like it's not happening and having to explain to people how women are serving in combat roles. Um, It's a bummer that we have to... uh, to still explain that women are contributing massively to the military mission. Maybe it's our egos. Maybe it's our masculine egos that prevent us from admitting it. Maybe it's uh, the stereotypical version of the military that's portrayed on online and on TV and in the media. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's important to me that we get out the word that women are doing great things in military and in combat. So let's see. We've got a bunch of other stories here to cover. Um, <clears throat> I will get to them all. I don't have to spend a ton of time on each one, uh, ultimately landing us uh, talking about college and the military. So there's a, uh, we've talked about this in the show. We talked about it with Nikki last week. Um, there's I I don't know if you guys have heard of this new app, TikTok. It's new, the kids are doing it. Um, TikTok is a very, very popular video sharing app. Uh, it, I have it on my phone. It gets you sucked right in. You are, if you open up TikTok Prepare to just be there a while. Uh, the way that it works, the way that it gets you flowing through the videos, it's kind of awesome. Um, in the sense that it does what it sets out to do, which is grab your attention and keep you there. There's a whole section of TikTok um, where people put on the uniform; they're in the military and they do military TikToks. There's military TikTokers. There's you know military dancers. You guys know that he's a Marine. Honor, courage, commitment. Okay, all that kind of stuff. Well. You dumb people out there on TikTok in your uniforms, you have to be a little careful. You have to be a little bit more careful than you are because once you put this stuff on the internet, it's there forever, okay? It is there forever. And it's instantly seen and then shared, okay? There's no hiding from it. So, that's why I waited until I got out of the military to do all this stuff. Duh, it's that easy, just wait. Well, it's not gonna look so good for uh, this army lieutenant, the Army is kicking out that lieutenant who made a Holocaust joke on TikTok. I think we covered this before. So here, look at this guy. He's duck-facing it. He's a, a butter bar. He's a uh, second lieutenant. God, just before you, your career could even begin. Getting kicked up before your career can even begin. The Army is in the process of separating second lieutenant Nathan Freihoffer from the service after the artillery officer joked about the Holocaust on his TikTok channel back in August. Fryhofer grabbed the att- national attention after he posted a video to his nearly 3 million TikTok followers at the time, as he has accrued nearly 1 million additional followers since, in which he asked about a Jewish person's favorite Pokemon character before answering, Ash. Oh my God. You know, for what it's worth, that joke probably would have flown no problem amongst his battle buddies, but you just can't say that kind of thing on the internet, especially not in uniform, especially not if you're a public figure, Okay. Read the room. That's a failure to read the room right there. Following an investigation into the video, Lieutenant General Michael Correa, the commander of the Army's 18th Airborne Corps, called Fryhofer's anti-Semitic statement on TikTok inconsistent with the values of Army service and inappropriate for anyone in a position of leadership over American soldiers. As a result, last month, the Corps Commander initiated the process of removing Fryhoffer from the Army. Oh, my gosh. This latest development in the months-long saga, lieutenant who got lost trying to navigate human decency on social media was first reported by the Washington Post. Fryhoffer did not appear in uniform in the video. Oh, interesting. Although he does appear in uniform in many other clips and photos posted through social media accounts. So, belay my last on that a little bit. He was not in uniform when he did it. Um, but, you know, once the public, once you try it in public court, uh, In the court of public opinion, you don't have a a good chance uh, down the road. Let's just say that. Uh, Immediately after the video began making rounds online over the summer, senior leadership within the Army voiced their concerns with the 3rd Infantry Division, to which Fryford was assigned, saying on Twitter that his statements in the video are not indicative of the values we live by and there is no place for racism or bigotry in our army or our country. Sergeant Major of the Army Michael Grinston said at the time the video was completely unacceptable on social media or not. Racist jokes, a racist, period. Let's be real, though, about the military for a second. Racist jokes happen on a daily basis. I've heard racist jokes made from all different types of people, from all different walks of life. People make racist jokes, you name it. You name the race, they're making racist jokes about another race, okay? It happens in the military, on a daily, it's part of the the military's humor, military's dark humor, um, behind closed doors. You know, that's, that's okay. To the extent that people are okay with it, but you should never go public with that kind of stuff. It's just not smart anymore. Okay. And, and if you know your buddies, if you're joking around with them behind closed doors, that's one thing. And if somebody makes a complaint, that's their right. But if you go public to 4 million people, that's just dumb. Okay. So maybe don't do that. The Corps' commander's decision was informed by a discussion with and previous actions by subordinate leaders and a deliberate review of all matters related to Freihoffer's public statement and military service. This process is ongoing in concert with Army regulation. Freihoffer has an opportunity to present final matters on his behalf. These matters are expected to the Corps' commander within the next two weeks. So he basically has a chance to rebut what's happening. Fryhofer was notified that he was getting the boot back in December and has until January 22nd to submit evidence in support of his case an army officer with knowledge of the situation told task and purpose. Still considering that Freyhofer ended the video that started all this by saying, Hey, if you get offended, get the fuck out. Perhaps he should, Oh my God, what's happening? Perhaps he should just follow his own advice and get the fuck out of the army. That's from a uh, task and purpose right there. So <clears throat> Hey, it is what it is. You go public, you go live on the internet like me every day. Um, and then you, let something like that slip, you're going to have to face the consequences, which in this day and age are not good. And not that I necessarily agree with that. Not that I necessarily agree with ruining someone's life over a mistake like that. Um, That's the reality of where we, what the time that we live in is. And uh, I think you honestly can't say you're surprised, right? I mean, I guess you should know that that's the way that we handle business now. So, but to those out there, my message to those out there, who think that he should be kicked out of the army. I hope that you don't just brush this off and forget about it and never go back and think about it again because you have to remember, this is someone's life who's going to be basically ruined by this. So if this is some instant satisfaction for you to see somebody get kicked out of the army and their career derailed and their life effectively changed permanently, then uh, I hope it means more to you than just this, this two seconds of, of, you know, feeling like you did something good, some social justice. I hope there's more to it than that. I hope some more good than that comes out of it because I don't think that's necessarily a good enough reason or the proper way to handle this um, if that's all you're getting out of it. So, my two cents on it. Um, Look, I got bad news. I hate to do this this late in the show, but I've got bad news. Um, How do I even begin? Retired Naval Academy goat mascot Bill 33 has died. Look at this handsome goat, look at those horns. (sighs) <sighs> the United States Naval Academy has announced that the goat mascot Bill 33 has died. He was almost 14 years old. A fuzzy Angora goat that was affectionately known as Blue Eyes would have been 14 next week. The goat was the team mascot from 2008 to 2015. He stood out not only for his startling eyes, but also for horns that stretched longer than any goat in his herd. Bill 33 played a central role in the Army Navy prank that had gone too far in 2012. If you guys remember this one, this was a huge deal. He was kidnapped from his home at Maryland. At a farm in Maryland, there were other so-called goat nappings, but that one prompted the academy to keep the mascots' location secret to the public. Bill 33 suffered from mental health issues caused by old age and was humanely euthanized when it became clear that his condition would not improve. He has survived by his successors and current goat mascots, Bill 36 and 37. Um, you know, if you've ever cared for an animal uh, and you have to put them down, there are a few things. Uh, Few things worse. There are few things more heart-wrenching than putting down an animal. Um, it's uh, one of the worst experiences that a man or woman will go through in her life. Um, if you, uh, if you've, if you've been there, you know. Okay, I'm just thinking about you know my life, my pets. Um, it's not easy. 34 and 35. Uh, I think, so Scotty, what happened to 34 and 35? They are, uh, welcome to be to those who just joined the chat. Um, I think 34 and 35 are, uh, already retired or, um, 35 might still be in service. Let's see. What did it say? 34 and 35 were probably just retired, living out their, their golden days. Oh, survived by successors, 36 and 37. So 34 and 35 probably either are retired or are, uh, <clears throat> maybe something happened to them too. It's a good question actually what did happen in 34 and 35? Maybe I'll be able to look that up. Now, interestingly, I thought you guys might want to know a little information about why the Navy uses a goat as its mascot. Well, it kind of goes back to uh, a long time ago. Sailors on ships would have livestock on there to eat. Um, That dates back pre-United States, uh, pre-United States Navy. And um, so it was common for sailors to sit sit out to sea with a bunch of... uh, um, animals on board the ship that they would use for food along the way. For the Navy, it dates back to, I believe, 1893, where the goat first became the mascot of the Naval Academy after it's, this is the rumor, this is the myth, two young Naval officers after returning from sea took uh, took a goat that they had butchered and were transporting it from, you know, point A to point B. They had gone to the game and one of the officers um, had donned the skin of the goat to cheer for the Naval Academy team. And from that day forward, the GOAT became the mascot of the Naval Academy. And we have the GOAT locker, and we have all these things that we uh, kind of, um, uh, you know, used the GOAT to represent in the military. And so uh, the GOAT was given the name Bill. So in the early 1900s, the beloved mascot was finally given a name on the return trip to the Naval Academy after a midshipman triumphed over West Point. The GOAT was led on a victory lap through the train and not leave the midshipmen until they reached Baltimore. It was then that the goat was given the, n- the name Bill, which was the name of the pet goat kept by Commander Kobe Chester, com- Commandant of Midshipmen from 1891 to 1894. The tradition continued during World War II. So here, here I got some information for you guys. Bill, 32, died of natural causes on April 16, 2011. Bill, 33, and Bill, 34, uh, survived him, And Bill 35 and 36 made their debut on October 3rd, 2015, alongside Bill 33 and 34. This began their training to eventually become the official mascots of the Naval Academy. They obtained full mascot ship during the 2015 Army-Navy game. In 2016, Bill 35 had to be euthanized after suffering from chronic kidney weakness. Um, There are many cases of the mascot Bill being kidnapped or attempted kidnappings by rival schools. Uh, which kind of became a thing. And that's what we were saying in 2012, there was a big one that kind of wasn't such a good look for the military's uh, academies. Um, and I don't see anything here about what happened to 34 uh, ultimately, but we can probably assess that uh, nothing good, I think. So um, even goats need to go to OCS. <laughs> so 35 and got caught tick 34 and 35 got t- caught tick tocking. Yep. Don't tick tock. Don't tick tock goat. Okay. So there's something kind of cool going on, um, for our final story here. Perfect timing. Last 10 minutes. Perfect timing. Man, I should host the show. So there's something kind of cool going on in the, in the military, something kind of cool going on in the Navy right now. Um, and they've really set the standard. They've set the bar at exactly the right height. Okay. For the first time. The Navy has set the bar at exactly the right height by starting their own community college. So US Navy, <laughs> U.S. Navy launches community college for sailors and Coast Guardsmen. The Navy's newly launched United States Naval Community College, the United States Naval Community College, the UN, USNCC, is launching a pilot program this month with about 600 enlisted students from the Navy, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard. The cohort is part of a six-month trial of the program and will serve as a template for future expansion. Northern Virginia Community College, the University of Arizona, the University of Maryland Global Campus, Alexandria Technical and Community College, and the State University System of New York, or the SUNYs, were selected by the Navy to offer classes to sailors, Marines, and Coast Guardsmen. Each candidate was selected with input from their chain of command and the opportunity is value to both the Navy and its prospective students. For many enlisted service members, access to higher education is a major enlistment or retention incentive. Interestingly, this is coming on the heels of the Navy vastly reducing its access access to college for service members. Over the last few years, tuition assistance programs have been cut drastically and uh, I I believe many of the Navy college programs have closed as well. I think the Navy college office is even closed. Uh, It says... We are in an era of great power competition. We what? We are in an era of great power competition. Come on, Secretary of Navy Kenneth J. Brathwaite said, "Any advantage we can achieve over an adversary will increase our warfighting prowess. Innovating solutions through the improvement of critical thinking skills will only serve will only serve to give our leaders more flexibility in the effective and efficient deployment of our naval forces." Areas of study during the pilot include the nuclear field, cybersecurity, data analytics, English, math, and naval ethics. The second phase will expand those study areas. Following the initial pilot program, a second phase of the pilot program is scheduled for 2022. Now, those don't sound like the community college classes I took. When I enrolled in community college, my one attempt at going to college where I dropped out literally day one uh, to go eat chicken nuggets and play Mario Kart was algebra, uh, some kind of English literature, Business management on one. I enrolled in community college to do business management. That's like the cop out one. You know, you probably don't know what to do and you're probably going to quit uh, that at some point anyway, or never use your education or never take your education seriously. Guilty of all of those. Um, and this sounds like, uh, they have a community college opportunity for nuclear engineering. So that's interesting. Um, it says, now that we've identified our collaborating schools, we can move forward with our program to ensure we offer the best education to our service members, said Dr. Randy Con- Costantino, president of the USNCC. Working in consortium with leading colleges will help us explore outcomes and around the design of the program. The process involved, working relationships, and overall impact. The concept of USNCC came out of a broad review of the Navy's educational programs initiated under former Secretary Richard Spencer, who commissioned a panel to examine all of the services educational programs, everything from navigational training through graduate work. The creation of a Naval Community College program was one of its top identified priorities. Interesting. It is imperative we have a more educated enlisted force grounded in the understanding of current events, allowing them to add context to the actions they may be ordered to do. This will provide a critical challenge, advantage, a critical advantage in any scenario, but specifically to the understanding of how they fit into our overall strategic goals and objectives. Interesting, I find that to be uh, quite interesting that the Navy would launch their own community college. You know, they already have they have the Naval Academy, the community college, which is like almost like okay. So the, the, we have the Naval Academy. Then they announced the Naval Community College for the enlisted people is that like borderline kind of thrown shade? Like, do you guys get that vibe at all? Like, yeah, we've got the Naval Academy, you know, we got out in Annapolis for the fine officers who now know how to eat dinner properly. They know how to march. They know everything. And for the enlisted community college, you can go night school. You can go uh, $20 a credit And, and MPS and the Naval Postgraduate School. So a lot of military go to the Naval Postgraduate School out in Monterey, California. Thank you, Scotty. Uh very true as well. And then the enlisted get community college. So, you know, whatever you guys think about that, let me know in the comments. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's probably good. They're just outsourcing Navy cool or whatever. Um, I wonder if you can still clep some stuff. Like they had the Clep course. I I took a couple Cleps uh when I was in the Navy where you just take a test, and if you test well enough, you get the college credits without ever having to attend a class. I took some classes in the Navy where I would go at night on a, you know, 32nd Street Naval Base, uh, Coronado Naval Base, um, and go to school night classes. I did that for a little while. I did some online stuff. Um, and then I, you know, I kind of fizzled out for me after my first appointment to Afghanistan, and I never finished my degree. I'm still, I'm still degreeless. I have no college degree. Uh, i educated on the streets, if you will. And I wonder, I have some questions. Like, Is the Navy's community college a TAD? Is it something you go to in uniform? Are you put into a program where you're kind of operating like a civilian and going to like an ROTC type thing? Do you do it in addition to your current job? I've got some questions. I'm going to be looking for some answers to these questions. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below about that. I'm curious. Um, We will be reaching the end of our scheduled program at this time, uh, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys have any questions or comments about any of the stories we did today, uh, 9 radio says the funny thing, it's funny that the Navy tied up goats on board the ships, uh, in the bikini bomb test to see if they would survive. Uh, <laughs> yep. I do. Uh, I do think that that's kind of funny. Scotty says, I have some answers for you. Scotty, what do you know? What answers do you have? Let me know in the chat. Um, I would love to hear the answers. Uh, yep. The, the, uh, use of animals and the army used goats in their, uh, in their test for like to see if they could use telepathy to stop the hearts of goats, that is you know like a true story. Uh, and They're doing it again. The Ar- we covered a story a couple weeks ago about the army going back to use telepathy to um, see if they can read minds on the battlefield, which is kind of cool. It only ca- it only caught a uh, six mil in the budget, but um, it is what it is. Cadet, thanks for tuning in. You have a good night as well. We look forward to talking to you soon. I am going to be recording a a quick bit for the uh, for the show. So if you guys want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get set up for that. Um, I don't have any more stories for you guys today.